1: guys welcome to blog talk radio the catch and uh, it's tuesday night again and we are very excited as we always are to have a new guest with us um boy I, I love that hearing that song every week uh you know do do you think we can make it better um boy I tell you um uh, it's 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 getting harder and harder to wonder about whether we can um the way uh things are getting in in this world and uh especially in this country we are uh seem like we're we're headed toward a toward a brick wall here or something something's going to happen on the 3rd of November that who knows what's going to happen after that that's what i'm worried about um but uh, we have all become so, so divided in this country, which really what that does is, I believe, provide an incredible opportunity for us as Christians to uh, manifest the love of Jesus, because Jesus made it very clear that uh don't just love the people who love us, just the people on our side, you know, pagans do that, anybody can do that, uh where, where, you, where, where you show something different is when you love your enemy. And, uh, and, and that's what we got to do, you guys. we got to do it and uh, make a difference and stand in the gap because the gap is getting bigger and bigger. So I don't want to talk too much about that uh, because we've got a really interesting guest tonight. And uh, she comes to us from Nashville. And from the music world there, we're going to hear a little bit about uh, her early days in music and then what she's doing now, which is uh, still in music, but a little bit of a different flavor. And then also uh, she's uh, doing a lot of writing and thinking about some very important things that will relate to all of us right now as believers. So uh, with, with that, with that, uh, let me introduce you to none other than Margaret Becker. Margaret, welcome to Blog Talk Radio.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. Um, you know, I <laughs> I hope I didn't insult you, but I just before we got uh, on the air, I, I had mentioned that I, I I just I don't know how it happened, but I I think I. Uh, I missed too much of your music, um, and uh, I'm wondering about that. I, I, I'm wondering maybe maybe that is that because were you a little edgy? Were you a little on the on the on the outside? Um, boy, you know I know you hit the scene about late '80s, and uh, yes, that, you know that's that's when. You know, Christian music was, was really ramping up with the radio and concerts. And, you know, uh, you know Amy Grant was, was going strong by then and Michael W. And all those people. Um, I have a feeling that Margaret Becker uh, hit, hit, the, hit the scene with some looks like some, some pretty hard rock and roll that might have thrown some people. Is, is that Tell us what those early days were like.
0: <laughs> oh yeah you're you're dead on actually john it's uh the early the early stuff was definitely and continued to be left of center but um for some reason, there was just a massive amount of success around it you know that I didn't expect just because I knew we weren't fitting in the pre arranged template um yeah. but I think with you and I we sort of had we had a little bit of overlap, but you know your work. It was you know we were just talking before we got on about Dark Horse that record yep. you did, and uh, how that's a record I think that is just a beautiful record and stands t- till today. And, and so I think you're you sort you sort of be- began that cut. Kind of, you weren't directly down the middle either at that point. But <laughs> yeah. I, I just really loved kind of you. You were yeah. pushing the margin quite a bit. And when you had Mark Bird do the the one in ninety two. Um yeah. so for me I was I was also pushing the margin. That's what uh, um I wanted to do and that's what the record company wanted me to do. But I think like if you were not a dedicated, you know, Christian uh radio listener, you probably wouldn't have encountered me or if you wouldn't wander out to a show, you know, yeah, you probably you know, wouldn't have encountered me.
1: But Margaret, I was surprised to find like how many uh number one radio hits you like 20 number one hits and you got all these awards all these Grammys and, and doves and things so, so some of it connected it seems like
0: yeah yeah, it connected and uh, th- th- very thankfully for me I had a super supportive record company Sparrow Records and mm-hmm. I know that you did you I don't know if you ever worked with Billy Ray I think I know he started Murr yeah, where he you know parked him. for yeah. a little bit right um but but for me, they were just really supportive people, and they saw me sort of as you know they're they're lefty and they they gave me voice and it was a wonderful run, and they threw their weight behind me
1: oh that's great um and uh tell me what that was like for you what what were those years like um for you were you, did you feel like you were connect- getting across to people and and you were you were being you know, successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I I mean, it, in that time in music, you would have to open for people for free and you'd be like in a, in a van, they'd be on a bus, you'd be trailing behind them. So for (laughs) those of you who aren't familiar with that does, you don't get sleep. They do, but you don't, you're driving all night long just to keep up with the itinerary. So it was hard, 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 but Uh, there was a thirst out there for my message has always been around mercy and my message has always been around acceptance and love and um, forgiveness that that you can follow that thread through every single record I've ever done and so that there was a thirst out there for that and um, it was it became my moniker or my brand and people wanted it and Boy, it was harder than anything, really. Those first couple of years, especially until mm-hmm. we got a bus, and then we could be the other people. But um, yeah, it was it was a beautiful time just to go. I remember praying a prayer. Lord, all I wish for is that I could go from city to city talking about you. Mm. And so my my uh, my tools have always been words, you know. And my mission statement, uh-huh. you know, has been to encourage and empower people. So it was a beautiful amalgamation of those two aspects and just made for a really a, a lovely chapter in my life for sure
1: that's great that's great um you uh i i love that um that you pull those things out uh, mercy and and forgiveness um, uh could you talk a little bit more about that uh because uh i i think I think there's a, you know, here at, at the catch, we, uh, you know, we actually call what we do um, here, our, our brand, I guess you could say, <laughs> is uh, uh, the we like to introduce people to the gospel of welcome, grace, which is mm. grace turned outward to everyone, mm. everywhere. And uh, so we're right you know, we're definitely tracking with each other. Um, tell me about, about especially about mercy. You mentioned that. Um, uh, talk about that a little bit.
0: Yeah, so that's, I love that. You know, I was just, I was reading about, you know, Catch, and, and I love that aspect of the work that you're doing. Um, for me, I feel like I've always, uh, I've been shown a lot of mercy in my life, and um, it's, it's the one thing that always brings me to tears, you know, to see people being merciful or to be a part of that encounter or to witness it. And it's something that um, literally, I think, has been a, a major standpoint in my life for my own personal uh, growth and my own personal uh, series of gifting. And when I say that, I also say it fully knowing that um, that that gift has to be broken in order to work properly. Otherwise, you'd probably be empowering people that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. God is trying to deal with and you get in the way. I learned that one a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. mercy, especially I think right now in our society, in, in our overall society, mercy is more rare or at least being focused on more rarely than I wish it was. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's one of the leading attributes of a Christ life is being merciful and being able to have empathy and moving on those two uh, wheels towards a situation where you feel like you can intervene and would not interfere. Um, mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I really long for the day when there are more areas of focus on that, especially in the media.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it just... Uh... Well, I was just thinking, uh, m- people who are not Christians uh, don't don't think of uh, of the the things that you brought up that you've been talking about. You know, through all your music, mercy, forgiveness, uh, uh, empathy, compassion. Uh, uh, people who aren't Christians don't come up with those things in relationship to Christians and uh mm-hmm. you know that's uh, i i just think that's a real mistake um and uh I, I even wonder uh do you have any do you have any thoughts about why that might have come about
0: you mean the christian on christian judgmentalism yeah yeah <laughs> would... uh-huh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think there's a thousand reasons. It's, I think it's always been, you know, shaken, not stirred, you know, take it from there. It's, there have been a thousand reasons why people like to coagulate into small pockets and feel safe and surrounded in those small pockets and therefore feel very motivated to defend them without reason. You know, the reasoning is only because this is the way it is, or the reason is because this is the way I think it is without conversation. And for me, I I really, I've sort of been the victim of that many times, you know, for for a long time, I I was brought up Catholic and I was uh, practicing Catholicism in terms of when I was able to be home, going to a Catholic church. And I remember Moody pulled all my records because of that. And I remember... People were not wanting to have me in because of that. And yet there on the cover of Time was Billy Graham himself talking about the the absolute l- ludicrous nature of believing people, you know, separating mm-hmm. over puddles. And I remember uh, one tour we were on where it got pretty hot. And that Time magazine came out and I bought it and I was reading it on the bus and I thought, God help me, of course, now we've got the Mars of the world, and, you know, he's like a millionaire off the, the Catholic Church, and the Christians love him anyway, and, you know, and celebrate him as well, so it's, it's, it's ludicrous, I, I do think it's ludicrous, but I do believe it has a lot to do with cultural norms and insecurities, and when you boil it down, I feel like um, culture itself depending on where that culture is will either Uh support or begin to erode that. And I feel like even with the Catholicism, you know, versus, um, Protestantism that, that eroded eventually. And now you notice that's not so much of a thing because there are in in people's minds, bigger threats than that. So (laughs) it's small minded and it's petty. And I'm, I'm sorry for it. I really am. It's such a waste of energy and time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sure is. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just don't, uh, I, I, the only thing I can figure out is it, come, it comes from the enemy. You know, he's the one who's trying to, trying to sidetrack us. Uh, and uh, um, what, what we like to talk about is uh, old, old covenant <laughs> Christianity versus new covenant. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, new covenant being the spirit and the life that christ gives us in the spirit and uh uh the the old covenant being law and works and and uh you know and that's where we get into comparisons and and we we you know we've we've got to come off looking good and and uh, we're in charge of our own image and all of that stuff and uh i just think we have an awful lot of of old covenant Christianity out there and people
0: haven't,
1: they haven't found the freedom uh, of the spirit.
0: Yes. That's a good way to put it. So,
1: well, I'm so glad, uh, that you've been, uh, you've been on that track and I, and I know you'll stay there. Um, I, uh, tell us now because you're in a new era and, uh, Uh, not as much in Christian music now and, and, and your own music. It looks like you're, you're uh, producing and working with other people's music, co-writing, and it looks like you're having a lot of fun. Um, Talk about that a little bit.
0: I am having a lot of fun. Um, I woke up one day and I was 40 and I realized I didn't want to just do one thing my whole life. So um, I went to my record company and basically just said, guys, I'm going to go do something different, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, okay, we love you," and I, I thanked them for everything, and they thanked me, and I went and began a whole new journey of uh, I wrote uh, I wrote another book. I have three books. I wrote my last book. I started speaking more, and I just started seeding different areas, and one of them was production, and I started that probably in my late 30s actually, and. I realized I really love again to my mission statement, encouraging and empowering people, and production mm-hmm. was a form of that. And so I began to really apply myself in that area, and I started to to find people who wanted that. And in, in along those lines, also came a lot of a lot of co writing and a lot of um, coaching as well. Like I. I coach uh, young songwriters or aspiring songwriters, regardless mm-hmm. of their age, frankly. And um, I really loved it. I got to produce a, a number of really amazing people. Um, one of my coaching students just got a deal with Universal Records. And, um, you know, I've, it's, it's lovely to stand behind and help someone really articulate their vision, both through, you know, through co-writing and also through teaching some co-writing and then also through production. So it's, it's been lovely. And I I do some work now for film and television as well. I have a house that takes my music from, from that perspective. So it's, it's a very, it's a myriad of expressions of what I get to do. And, and uh, it's so much bigger than one person. I guess that might've been where, Mm. you know, at a certain Mm. point in my life, I'm like, it's just me. And I'd like to do stuff that's more for other people. I've come from a teaching background. I always love to teach. I always love to, to to help other people get where they're going. And so it just seemed like a natural natural fit. And that's where I've been for like the last 15 years. It's been some, you know, it's been really lovely. And most of that is not in Christian music, frankly, because and I've had people want me to do it in Christian music, but I've already been there and I've done that and I've got my accolades there and and I loved every second of that. But then there was a day where I was like, boy, I'd love to work with a jazz artist. Boy, I would love to work with a mainstream artist. I, I'd love mm-hmm. to not have to, to fit in the same template musically as, as you – there is sort of a template there in Christian music. So, yeah,
1: there is. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, so this – uh, you probably feel uh, more like an artist in a way uh, at this point. Be a lot, uh, do you feel a lot more freedom artistically? Oh, so much
0: more freedom. Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's it, it's a whole different world, especially if you're paying attention. As I know, your listeners, some of them probably do. Like if you're really paying attention to platforms like Spotify and allowing that to suggest music to you and digging, they, there's such a, a beautiful myriad of music out there. There's a span of genres that are slivers of slivers of slivers, and they're doing things like bringing all that great '70s stuff back to. with a little bit of electronica or just plugging in their guitar in their bedroom and playing through the buzz two, two notes for a whole song, but yet you're still interested. It's, it's that kind of creativity that doesn't have to, you know, fit the mold, so to speak, because there, there are beautiful little pockets of uh, markets and hunger for this type of music. And it's, it's not as so with Christian music, just because it's it's not there.
1: Well um and now are you so the people you're working with uh they're not necessarily Christians either or nope. are they
0: No no they're not they're not not all of them some of them are Mhm some of them mm-hmm. are and they're working out there and they're they're bringing out their faith when it, when it's appropriate but a lot of them I don't know you know I I work with um I work with some a, a ton of millennials and and pre-millennials too and um Right. They're it's a different generation. They're not. They want to see. They want to do. They don't want to be sort of as, as I saw. You know, with with catch. You guys understand that. You know, it's it's a mm-hmm. different expression. And if yeah. they're not seeing it, and they're, if they're in the middle of all this brouhaha where people are fighting about stupid things, they're over it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Good, good for them.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we're, uh, right. We're... <laughs>
1: We'll have to talk some more about that because, yeah, we have, we have ended up uh, with a number of millennials who have come to us and we didn't even try, you know? So uh, well, we must, be, I figured we must be doing something right. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> you are.
1: But um, that's uh that's very cool. Um, and, and so, you know, how does that, how does that work out? Um do you ever have any conflicts with with some of the music or some of their ideas that they're putting out there that, that maybe, you know, you might not necessarily agree with, or uh, is there any, ever any conflict or does that work out pretty well?
0: Yeah. That's an interesting question. No, I have no conflict with it because I, I know life is a process mm-hmm. and I'm not going to start caging them in their Polaroid moments when they're 18, 19, 20 years old I think that that the responsibility here, especially as someone who's looking on and is coaching, is to allow them to discover their truths along the way. Now, if something was really dangerous, I definitely would say something, but that's never occurred. It's it's always them trying to find their sea legs, and, and again, I'm writing and, and coaching towards what they would want to say, not what they think is happening or the best message to give right now. It's like, what would you like to say? And I'll tell you what they want to say. Almost, almost, I'd say 95% of them. And I, I've had like hundreds are wanting to talk about a, a spirit of bullying in this world Whoa. on every level, Whoa. not only personally, but also mm-hmm. in, in our political atmosphere, in our nation, in a generalized sense. and, it's It's amazing, you know I mean there's the yeah. normal love gone bad, love gone good, love wanted, love not fulfilled, but then the other theme that comes right after that is a, a like a spirit or a principle of bullying and wow. um yeah i don't I don't have them in like if they I want them to write what they want to write because then they're mm-hmm. going to sing it night after night and they're going to decide whether or not that's mm-hmm. true for them five years from now. And then they're going to evolve. These are like, these are people who really want to be artists. They don't necessarily just want to be the next it, you know?
1: Yeah. How do they address that? Um, can you give us maybe an example of that? How, how would they address the whole bullying issue? How might that come out in a, maybe in a song or something like
0: that? It comes out in a lot of different ways. Part of our process and part of what my theory is, especially in songwriting, is I have a couple of tools that help us keep honing the idea. And for me, the majority of it comes out as if it's a third person. Like we, we create the character and they'll say, well, what if he, you know, what if he's a real jerk and what if he does this and he does that? And before you know it, what they'll be speaking about are their own experiences. This is what happened to me. And, mm-hmm. or, this is what, what I've been dealing with. And it's about societal pressure. It has a lot to do with social media. And it has a ton to do with uh, appearances, and not only physical appearances, but the appearance of being the dominating force in something, the dominating, cool, perfect force. And it puts this enormous pressure on developing human beings that is an unrealistic false pressure, but that's hmm. all they see and they can't get away yeah. from it. And that's, that's the way they speak of it. And frankly, in, in the work, they want to, they want to create songs that tell people it's okay not to succumb to this and that it's, it's stupid what's happening. And that that's yeah. a common theme. I've never had another theme come up as we boil all that down other than I want people to know it's okay and they don't have to uh, be affected by this and they should just go on and be who they are because that's the cooler thing. This is, this is where it boils down to.
1: Wow. Well, that's exciting. That's very exciting. Um, Yeah. uh, Well, you know, I hate this because um, time goes so fast. We've got about five more minutes and uh, I know that your current project um, um, has to do with well, you you tell me. We're, it's uh, meditation, but it it's uh, it's uh, I, I I even forgot the word now. So you tell me what you're working <laughs> on right now. Mind. Uh... Okay.
0: Mindfulness. Mindfulness. <laughs> Mindfulness. Thank you. Oh, John, I'm so glad I'm not the only person who deals with that. Thank you, brother. (laughs) So um, John and I were speaking before the broadcast about um, just so much of today's culture is based around interruptions. We're constantly being interrupted by our devices. And we're being interrupted Mm. by expectations that come because of the ease of use of how someone can get in touch with you and request something of you. And and from there, as we all know, it it burgeons out into concentric circles that just create this constant ripple in your life. And peace is a hard-won prize. For me, um, I've turned quite a bit, and you can see it in my last book I'm turning there, to practicing mindfulness. And mindfulness to some people is like, woo woo Ouija board. No, it's, it's, it's a meditation. It's something that we see represented in the scriptures. You know, um, scriptures like Matthew 6:26. you know, look at the birds of the air for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. You know, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value? What could you add by er- adding one worry? I'm paraphrasing. And then, you know, back there it's uh, Matthew 6 also, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. You know, why are we worrying about all these things? And and there's a principle there, a beautiful biblical, biblical principle that is at work in mindfulness. And that thread is we have to be present in our present lives. And in doing so, we're not only calming our minds and our spirits, but we're calming every single cell. And there are all sorts of great medical benefits to being more mindful, practicing specifically through an anchor like a breathing exercise. Um, and I'm creating some materials towards that because uh, it has really changed my life. And I I feel like, especially in this time with all that we face, it's a perfect yeah. way to get back your life.
1: Yeah. Well, I think so. And uh, even in relationship to what we just talked about, uh, the, the, the bullying and the uh uh you know the 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 needing to be on top of everything and needing needing to be uh, in control and uh this is a whole this this runs against that I I think and and uh it it quiets the spirit uh I think and uh, uh makes us stop and listen and uh You know, there's just so much noise right now. Um,
0: Yes, and and treat ourselves with compassion and treat ourselves with kindness, Hmm. your shortcomings, the things you struggle with. There's something about a mindfulness meditation that follows the scriptures that I just mentioned that helps you to be more compassionate to yourself. And in being more compassionate to yourself, which is truly what we're called to do, you have this natural outcropping of finding compassion for other situations and other people in your life.
1: Hmm. hmm. Well, can you tell us uh, uh, one last one last thing? Um, uh, I hate questions like this. So you're going to shoot me because I hate people that do this. <laughs> <Okay>. You know, <laughs> leave us leave us with a thought. You know, leave us with that that the, that one thought about uh, mindfulness that. Uh, we can hold on to uh, maybe and uh, get through the next week with it.
0: Our very nature is to focus on negative things because it's how we survived when saber tooth tigers were around. We don't need oh. as much of that. I, I'm challenging you to look around you in your life right now and every day this week, even if it's just for moments, and recognize the beautiful, lovely, Things that are there, whether it's how the breeze plays across your face or whether it's the smile of someone you love to be in that moment and enjoy that moment for more than thirty seconds. Huh. Wow <laughs> Isn't it
1: amazing that something that that simple could be so hard and so so far away from us?: Yes, Wow. wow. Well, I look forward to hearing more about this. I look forward to your work. Um, and uh, it's exciting. It's just, it's like, uh, it's like the, it's an open book. There's, uh, you can go in so many different directions right now. And uh, I, I think that's wonderful. And I wish you well um, with the people you're working with and, uh, and then your thoughts and the books and your speaking Um you're doing, a, you're doing a good work, and um, I'm, I'm really happy to have been able to uh, have you on our show and hear a little bit of, of, of what, what makes you tick. So. Thank
0: you so much, John Fisher. I've always admired you. Thanks for having me on.
1: Okay. Okay, Margaret. God bless you.
0: All right. Take I'll care. talk to you soon.
1: You bet. Bye. Okay. Here we go, folks. I love, it, I love it. I love those pods. you didn't get it all So back Listen again These are all These are all become podcasts As soon as we're done So you can go back And you can hear them And uh, So I really encourage you to do that And uh, And then join us next week Because uh, It's just It gets better Every week It's somebody else and some new thoughts and important thoughts for how we live our life out in, in, this, uh, in this world around us. And, boy, we sure need that right now. So God bless you. Um, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks to Margaret. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again.